We are coming to you live from the Hammer, Hamilton, Ontario, for Grey Cup weekend. Yes, you're listening to the right podcast. I'm John Chidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. And this is You Killed It, the CFL podcast, talking wow. all things third down football. I'm covering the Grey Cup this week, guys. That's why. That's why I'm talking this nonsense. We're I'm at home, so about... <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just at home. We are actually going to talk about the fifth major sport, which, dare I say, is this the best episode of the challenge we've had in a while? I'm not going to lie to you. If they made an announcement after this episode that for every episode going forward, you have to compete against Jordan in an elimination to go on, I'd be like, all right, cool, I'm in. <laughs> But but it's not just that. Like we're obviously the whole premise of you killed it is that we're going to go into a deep dive. Yes, of but course. this episode had an interesting daily challenge. It had hilariously bad gameplay. It had Narice giving uh, a lap dance essentially, yeah, and yeah. then it had uh, your man's Jordan coming in and just showing kids how the big boys play. What an episode of the challenge. Just an incredible 90 minutes. I know I say this all the time, but what a beautiful cast. Like, imagine the babies that Nerys and Horacio would have. Oh, I'm hoping for it. I want I want them to have babies. <laughs> My, uh, I was just saying this to Sheldon offline before he started recording. Oh, I was like, I'm Sheldon. What are you talking about? I'm like, what? <laughs> My uh, my girlfriend is not really into reality TV. Mm-hmm. She came home. She's watched some of the challenge with me, mm-hmm. but she came in for like basically the elimination. She came home from a, a night out and she was like every single person that came on screen like, oh, that person's really attractive. Oh, I like how that person's dressed. I'm like, yeah, this show has something for everyone. Like this cast covers everything. I'm going to say something and I want you to bear with me on this, Sheldon. Uh Have you ever been to a Hooters? (laughs) I have. Yes. For those of our listeners who've not been to a Hooters, should you go, you will find that they have a very diverse group of servers because they're trying to meet everyone's interest. Okay. Whoever goes to Hooters. Can't lie to you. I'm like, where are you going with this? Buckle up, buddy. And I feel like the challenge is the same way. There is something for everyone. If you're into guys, they got you covered. If you're into girls, they got you covered. You like blondes, got you covered. Skinny guys, covered. Muscle-bound guys, got you covered. Any Anything you're into, covered on the challenge. Face tats, they got you covered. Face tats, Definitely. Neck tats, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, equal opportunity objectification. That's great. Yeah, you love to uh, see it. Yeah, I mean, a, a great, great episode of the challenge. A reminder, like, there's a lot of chatter I feel online about people not liking this, and I don't know if that's just like I, I have to remind myself of something that I try to remind other people of. Okay, follow me here. Twitter is not real. So uh-huh. I read a tweet saying this episode is not re- or this season's not that good or I'm not really liking the season. And like I have to remind myself, which I'm doing right now, 
that's just one person saying that. So for me to come on here and be like, a lot of people are saying that they don't really like it. What really I read maybe like two tweets. It's kind of dumb. But the overall point of where I was going with that before the preamble was just to say, I'm enjoying this season. I know we don't have the regular characters. You know, I know that the gameplay is terrible, but that's kind of entertaining at the same time. And like, there's enough of, they've done such a good job with the twists and turns. That's like, that's got me in here. I think, I mean, you and I often talk about how Fresh Meat 2, which is a season 10 years old, 11 years old. Something like that. It's sort of like the birth of the modern challenge. And around that time, the challenge became professional. And by that, I mean, people made it their jobs. Specifically, we can name names. Yeah. Johnny Bananas, it is his job to be on the challenge. Yeah. To a lesser extent, they're gone now, but Kenny and Evan, it was their jobs to be on the challenge. CT, Cara Maria, Laurel. These were people where, like, this was how they made ends meet. It's not like they were a bartender who did this sometimes. They just did the challenge. Mm-hmm. When they weren't filming a, a season they were working out or they were doing the bar circuit or they were going on challenge mania stops, which, you know, those are paid appearances. Like it was their job. And I think that's been generally good, but also it's made the franchise, I think a little stale. Okay. And I think it goes without saying this cast, they're not professional at this. They're really, really bad at playing the challenge, and it's really entertaining because it's like it's like watching the NCAA versus the NBA. So they make mistakes, but they're still passionate, and they're almost they're almost there. They can almost hang. So I'm almost with you, but what I would say is that they're professional. They're professional challengers for 2020s. What I mean by that is they're professional IG models. Yeah right or professional reality tv stars right like mm-hmm. people are here to get on the gram people are here to like you know do their thing so to speak but yeah let's get to this because there's a lot to to go through here and again you know i like to give the particulars off the front end episode 266 of the you killed it podcast episode five of this season which is season 39 which is challenge the challenge battle for a new champion i i also have to point out because you you mentioned it's season 39 this is our i want to say 10th regular season we've done two seasons of the challenge usa we've done i've lost count a long time ago you could be making this all up right now and i'd be like cool i'm doing my best and we've done two (laughs) seasons of the challenge usa and we did a season or two of challenge all-stars we've done a lot yeah well 266 episodes yeah (laughs) funny how that works right (laughs) shouts to the people liking and following and subscribing along the way wherever you're watching this pod because that's why we do this we're both really tired right now and the challenge episode I can speak for myself, but I feel like you're the same. We're like, that gave me life. And so being able to talk about it gives me a little more life. And then reading all the comments also gives me life. So we do this for you, the people, which give us energy. And that's the circle of this whole thing. So thank you. 
I mean, I made a face because it's not that I'm tired. It's that I've been drinking, which is why I'm a little extra saucy tonight. I'm drinking coffee. So again, we're just like at the opposite ends of the spectrum here. I'm drinking water to try to like smooth myself out. All right, I'll rein us in here. I'll rein us in. I'll rein us in. One thing I was thinking here is the the walk back into the house after you win. That's got to be a great feeling, right? Because that's a setup shot, obviously, of like the person who wins their first walking back into the house in front of the camera. That's got to be a great feeling, no? You're kind of getting your strut on. Especially like, I mean, Kylan, the, the reason why he was called down was like, sort of, Mm -hmm. you know, dubious. He is returning to the loving embrace of DJ Mel, you know, Um, and like, we're, we're going to get into this more, but one of the interesting and I think amateur mistakes of the cast this season Mm -hmm. is that they want to go into elimination to prove themselves, not for the sake of the game. There's no benefit to going into elimination in terms of, making money you're not earning a skull to see the final yeah there's no benefit but they all want to go in so i i think kylan who had previously been previously been eliminated Uh was just hype that he i'm doing air quotes here proved himself well i turn back to what we were just talking about the reason why people just want to go in because they think they're making a big move Like, what are the chances of me winning? Who knows? There's a lot of people here. But if I make a big move, at least I have my moment where I might get a pop on Instagram. I don't know if that's true, but we'll see. Um, The thing that really gets me about this season, I can't lie, is week after week, the discussion about the alliances. These have to be the worst alliances in the history of the challenge. Because every week we're being told about the U.S. alliance and the international alliance. And then immediately after, we're hearing them go against their alliance. So you're absolutely right. And you made a great point previously on, on another episode of You Killed It. That they like explain how there are these two main alliances, the U.S. alliance and the U.K. alliance. But like people are hooking up from both sides. Correct. And, I mean, Narice, the way she defines her U.S. alliance, it has 12 people in it, Sheldon. There's more than half the house. Yeah. That's the part I didn't understand. I've said this on previous episodes of You Killed It for previous seasons. But in my mind, the ideal alliance size is four people. Hmm. And then you have like the sub level of like the people who think they're in your alliance, but they're not really in your alliance. Yeah. But I mean, like the four rider dies. I mean, it it depends on like some might even say the core four, the core four. It depends on if it's, you know, pairs or team or, you know, Mm -hmm. there's room to maneuver. But if you're talking single players, four, I think, is the maximum. So I found this interesting. Off the front end, we get this scene where Asaf is saying he wants to make a big move in this game. We get him talking with Corey, and he's friends with Corey, so he's working with him and not the international team. And he says no one else knows this other than Jay. And this is what I'm talking about, right? The the cross-pollination of these alliances make no sense. Then the next scene, after he says, no one else knows about me and Corey's secret alliance except Jay. The very next scene, Narice is there. So it's like, 
Well, clearly Norris also knows. So again, I point out, what's with these alliances, right? Like you're not keeping them a secret. You're telling us that only this person knows. Meanwhile, the next scene, you're talking to someone else about it. Anyways, Jay wants to get rid of the UK alliance. Norris says that she thinks there's going to be partners coming. And Norris, you could tell the crew of what are they? What's Olivia and Norris called their crew of girls? They have a name for themselves, and I don't remember what it is. But anyways, their crew, you could tell that they came into this season prepared for the game, like well-coached in terms of making storylines. Ter- because we've seen Mariah now clearly vote on the opposite side of them, but there's no drama so far. Why is so that a far. thing? Do they know that like, no, but I'm saying like, to me, this all seems sort of strategic and planned. Every aspect of it producer in terms of, I'm in a showman's, but really I'm doing this to kind of keep that side of the house close, you know, that if I need to, I can, I can call in a favor or something like that, but also they know they got their core girls and then they got the dudes to make up the U S alliance. There's just a lot going on here, but the foreshadowing of, Hey, I think there's going to be partners and we get to the daily challenge and guess what? There's partners. There's partners. Before we skip ahead, I got to say something. Okay. In this scene with Jay, Narisa, and Asaf, Asaf says the only intelligent thing that anyone says in the house this episode. He says, hey, before we make plans, let's find out what chaos is. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Just wait. Just wait. Wait a minute. That's the last intelligent thing anyone says on this episode. (laughs) So we we get to the we get to the daily challenge and TJ takes charge here. TJ says, all right, the clock has run out. We got the slow-mo shots. They brought in like the 24 type font for the countdown. We didn't actually see it hit zero, which I found was kind of funny. But anyways. TJ announces that this is chaos. You will never know how the game will be played. Sometimes it's in pairs. Sometimes it will be in teams. We don't know. We get this challenge where a big truck shows up. And on the side of the truck, there's a huge propeller. You and your partner will be on opposite sides of said propeller, which is attached to the truck. The propeller will be spinning. At the top, the roof of the truck, there are rings. If you grab the rings... Then, as the truck's moving, you have to place the rings on while the first off, the propeller is spinning. I feel like that's a key point I need to to emphasize here, right? As the propeller is spinning and the truck is moving, you have to figure out how you can get the rings onto a pole that's sticking out of the ground or put it on a target. If you place it on the target, it's five points per ring. If you put it on one of the poles, it's 10 points. This is a difficult challenge, a very difficult challenge. What did you think of it? I thought it was really good and um, really interesting because it's not its not about strength. It's not about speed. I, I feel there is an element of athleticism. Um, I think keeping your bearings, not getting dizzy, keeping calm and cool and collected like that, you know, I think – I think one of the most athletic things you can do is be good at like small, like movements Mm -hmm. and body control. Yeah. Right. 
So it's a different kind of athleticism, but athleticism nonetheless. And like, before we get into how they did, what did you think of these pairs? I was going to ask you that. I was going to say, do you, they were randomly selected according to TJ. Do we believe that? No, of course not. And, and as a producer, I would not randomly select it either. So kudos to them for that. Um, I thought the pairs were good, but I think the bigger issue that would suck would be going first. Oh, that is the worst for this one. When you have to figure out the game, like there's so many variables. How fast is the, does the propeller spin? How fast is the truck moving? Right? Like there's so many things that you'd have to see first to kind of figure out, Oh, what not to do. And if you're going first, you don't have that opportunity. You're just going on the fly. And that's not a place you want to be. I also, I mean, this wasn't clear in the edit we saw. Mm-hmm. But the way Michelle and Asaf were playing, it made it sound like they could only place one ring per pole or one ring on one of the, on the, on the, uh, mm-hmm. on the mat. Yeah. But as it goes on, it becomes apparent you can put it like if you can get 10 rings on a pole, they all count. Well, that was also the problem with going first. Yeah. Right. Like you, you don't know what the strategy is because you're kind of just guessing and figuring out the game. Right. And as we talk about all the time, a big part of the challenge is figuring out the loopholes, right? Figuring out the game within the game. And that was a big part of it. And they struggled, right? Asaf and Michelle really struggled at this. And you know, they tried everything and the strategy, as you mentioned, was just to throw a bunch at the same time. Um, who really did a good job at this? I mean, Callum didn't do, he did okay. He grabbed a lot of them, dropped them on the yellow target. Corey was shook. Raven was not. Then they figured it out and they did a really good job. I think Corey being super tall really helped. Like once he kind of relaxed and then realized how easy it was because he was tall and able to like stretch out and get all the rings around the pole like i think that really made it super easy and the ironic part was which shouts to how they put the show together but after seeing Corey and raven do well michelle is like okay that's good i'd be okay with them winning <laughs> well I, I also want to point out i thought james and narice did well yes yeah they didn't win mm-hmm. your your man Corey and narice Corey and narice Corey and raven won mm-hmm and this is where it all falls apart. This is where the episode takes a left turn. Yeah. I I feel like there has to be something we're missing. Like something, because Corey's strategy, he never actually explained why. And as I sat there watching, trying to figure out a reason why, my assumption was he just feels like he could beat Asaf. And so if Asaf came back into the house versus if one of the other guys came into the house, he feels like he could take out Asaf if it had to come to that. But if he put in, let's say, James or something, he'd be afraid of James coming back in the house and then targeting him. I don't that's think that's what happened. I think what happened was that Corey and Raven won. Mm-hmm. TJ pulls them from the group and says, all right, you have to choose it's a men's elimination. Right you have now. to choose right now. I think Corey panicked. I think that's all there is to it. Really? And like, I think he backtracked. Like, I don't think he wanted to admit to anyone that he panicked, but he panicked. I think that's that's it, plain and simple. 
But right off the bat, when Raven says to him, okay, like who was the first person she said? Uh, whoever the first person was that she said, he was like, no, I can't do him. And it was like, okay. And then she says someone else and she's like, no, I can't do him either. And then the like first four names she said, who were internationals, by the way, he's like, yeah, I can't do them. Like they're like my friends in the house. And then he says the person who we're told is his friend in the house. None not of that made any sense to me. Not just who we were told was his friend in the house, but like we opened the episode with Asaf and Corey being friends. Yeah. Like it's, this is not in Asaf's mind, right? This like is... we saw them interacting in a very like close, friendly way. And it was not a one way street. Like let's, I do not want to gaslight Asaf on this. It's not just his imagination. But I also think too, like there's no way that one person can be like, wait, we're best friends in the house. And the other person's like, the first opportunity I get to throw someone in, I'm throwing in this person, right? Like there's, think about the, like how messed up that relationship would have to be to have one person being like, hey, we we're probably best friends in the house. And the other person being like, you're the first person I'm throwing into elimination, right? Like that, those two things don't add up. So I don't, again, Corey, I don't know if, if like he just, I mean, maybe you're right that he just, he just panicked in the moment because nothing else makes sense gameplay wise other than he's just a horrible player and really would be in the U.S. Alliance, but then tell on himself to his Alliance members by not picking someone else in the opposite part or, 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 or I just thought on the thought of this on the fly. Is it possible that Corey thought, okay, I'm really working with the internationals here, right? But to throw the Americans off the scent, I'm going to throw in a soft who I'm not really supposed to be working with. And so that's his plan. I think you're giving him too much credit. <laughs> I, I, I'm a big believer in Occam's razor. The simplest solution is probably the correct one. Okay. I okay. think I think he froze. I think Raven was trying to like ground him and like focus on like who they should put up. Because off the top of my head, there's three names that are are more logical: Kieran, Callum, and James. Yeah. Yeah. Just straight like that. That's it. Those are the three names. And like later, we see that he's like getting along with James, but it's it's a new thing. Like they both say like, oh, yeah, we're only just starting to get to know each other now. We're only just friendly now. We've never seen him interact with Callum or Kieran. No. Kieran and Raven are booed up. Yeah. So, okay. What's stopping you from putting him in Callum? It was the it was very weird. I, I didn't understand it. I agree with Raven, who imagine what we've been saying about Raven's gameplay early on in this season. And then to have Raven be the one after when they're back in the house. And I forget who she's talking to, but she's like Zara. Zara. She's like, Man, Corey really exposed himself. <laughs> it's like if Raven is questioning your gameplay and saying, like, you just did something super terrible. You probably did something super terrible. 
Um, the part I don't get again, he's working with the internationals. And so I don't get if that's like, if that's the case, I don't understand this at all. It's just super weird. Why would you expose yourself this early in the game? It's weird. Asaf is really mad, right? He feels betrayed. And he says, Corey, Corey's response is, dude, I've known you for two weeks. <laughs> right. And known so you for two weeks, but like getting in the trenches to like protect Kieran and Callum and James and James, who we just finished saying, like he's only starting to get along with now. And also too, the, the whole point is that like, you've known most of these people for two weeks. And the part that we left out of this was they don't know what chaos actually means. So there was a world in which the chaos meant not only is the male going down, but the male's partner is also going down. And Asaf's partner was Corey's friend, Michelle. Corey's friend, Michelle, is like, she's mad too because she's like, why would you do that? And he's like, no, no, no. TJ said it was a male. And she's like, no, no, no. You don't understand how this game is played. It's chaos, meaning there's a possibility that it could be the partner as well. And why would you risk that? And some people just watching the show for the first time might be like, no, you guys are too paranoid. Like you're, you're, you're thinking too much. You're, but like the vets, watching this game know that Michelle and Jay and them are actually right. You do have to be aware for all these things because you don't know what's going to happen. You never know what TJ is going to say. And that's the beauty of the show. I'm, I'm not a big Michelle fan. I'm not a big Jay fan. I understand why she's stressed out though. Like Corey, who's supposed to be her friend. We heard her say like, ah, I think I'm good. Like Raven's trying to make things up to me. Corey and I are buds. I should be all good in the hood. Mm -hmm. And he just tortures her like that. Like, and like, oh, I think what was painful was over the course of the episode, you see it dawn on Corey that he is fucked up. He never says to anyone except maybe James, geez, I fucked up. But like you see, like you see it dawn on his face. Like, oh, everyone's mad at me now. Maybe I didn't do the right thing. My thing was he never said why he picked us off. That's the weirdest part to me. Yeah. Right? Like, it's it's cool that, like, you know, you didn't pick all these other guys or whatever, but he never gave the reason for actually doing it other than, like, he's like, whatever, Asaf, where, where, where I met you two weeks ago. It's like, all right, cool, man. But we get to the club. I know we just kind of touched on the Michelle and uh, Corey conversation. You know, we kind of touched on that. They had a deep heart to heart and he seemed to sort of, you know, tear up a little bit as she was calling him out. And he's like, he just doesn't care. Right. And and he's just like in his confessional, he says, if that actually did happen and you go, you, like nobody can trust Corey going forward, watching the show ever again. Right. Like he's there crying to Michelle. Meanwhile, in his confessional saying, hey, you know, I don't think that's what the game is. I think she's overreacting. But even if that is the case, then he doesn't care. And that's just how the cookie crumbled. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, who is this dude? Whose man's is this? Right? Like, what? Who? Nobody's going to want to work with this guy ever. His gameplay, I would argue, is almost as bad as your man's. What's Amber's husband's name? Chauncey. Chauncey. At one point in the conversation with Michelle, Corey says, it's hard for me to calculate risks. 
especially when I'm on the spot. Corey, if that's the case, you are not meant for the challenge. The, yeah. the entire show is like calculating risks on the spot. And I'll go you one further. I'm, I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to make a professional wrestling reference. Please bear with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure Edge from Orangeville, Ontario. Okay. He had been advised when he was like a young 20 something year old coming up in professional wrestling. If you're going to be like in a scene where you might have to cut a promo, have a promo like a speech ready because you never know. When they're going to need to stall for time, mm-hmm. when they need to go long on a segment, whatever. Just have something in the back of your mind, just in case, right? Mm-hmm. And famously, his career got started because he was part of like a bigger group. And the guy who was supposed to be the spokesman for them kind of fucked up the speech. And they're like, uh, and they just handed the microphone to Edge. And he actually gave like a pretty good speech because he had that in the back of his mind. Yeah, you had something ready. Mm -hmm. If you're on the challenge, especially when TJ has announced we're entering a section called chaos, don't you think that in your mind at all times, you should say to yourself, okay, who's the man I'm going to put up? Who's the woman I'm going to put up? Just have those two names ready to go. 1000%. 1000%. Corey did not do that. Corey is so clueless. You mentioned the conversation he has with James and in that conversation he has with James, right? He says he's mad that his Alliance hasn't been talking to him. He's like, everything's been kind of quiet, like ever since it happened. And I don't get it. Like nobody's talking to me. It's like, wait a second. So you went against your Alliance and then you're surprised that your Alliance isn't talking to you. (laughs) What sense does that make? What game are you playing again? Whose man's is this? What? How does that make sense? Imagine that. I went against my alliance, and then I'm like, hey, none of these people are talking game with me anymore. Like, they're not talking about who we should vote in. Like, oh, man. Let's talk about not making sense, though, because this is all bad. What Corey has done is stupid and indefensible. Mm -hmm. The only thing that would be stupider Mm -hmm. is if the person he nominated Mm -hmm. starts going around asking to go against the smartest fastest and strongest man in the house right like that that would be the only thing that's stupider (laughs) yeah and i mean again i i don't understand that gameplay either um maybe like you're trying to it's like psychological warfare where you're trying to you know throw kieran off his game by softening him up and buttering him up before you go against him you know like i don't know like if you go into it being like, oh, I'm going to beat you because blah, 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 blah. I don't know, but he actually does say, I want to beat the strongest, biggest, fastest person. He says it twice. Yeah, He's I got nothing. I got nothing here. I was trying and to defend you. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, though. If you're a soft, mm-hmm. who do you want to go against? Who's the weakest man in the house? Um, That's a great question. We would probably say Jay, but we came to realize in this episode that him and Jay are friends and they like hang out all the time. Yeah. I did not know that. Um, so if you remove him off the table, here's the other part that I didn't really get. 
And this answers your question. I don't know. And this is a part I didn't understand. Everyone was so sure. They're like, yeah, Kieran's like the best and he's so good. And I'm like, how do we know this? Like he didn't even win his own season. No. And like all these other people have been on a season of the challenge, but not together. They've never won. So how do you know this person's really good? Like, why is the assumption that like Callum and Kieran and even James, we saw him, he was supposed to be really good. And then we saw him and he wasn't that good. So that's the other part. Like, I don't know what the right answer is, but I also just find it funny that like people are just being anointed based off of nothing. I mean, that's, that's a theme of the season is that the people in the house, the cast are so shook mm -hmm. that they're jumping to conclusions all the time. Yeah. And this is another example. I'll tell you who I think you'll agree with me. The, the man who is the biggest, strongest, and fastest and smartest in the house and has yeah. the best social game is Horacio, mm -hmm. like in a walk. Mm -hmm. Right? But well, we've seen his work. Yeah, but so really? have they, surely. Yeah. I mean, what's his name? Kieran didn't even know who Jordan was. I thought that was hilarious. And again, great editing by this, this team, great production by this team. Cause as soon as that conversation popped up, I just started chuckling. I'm like, Oh, this must be the Jordan episode. <laughs> right. Cause it's like, yeah. The, and just to keep it balanced, the best woman is Olivia. Really? You think so? Yeah. A hundred percent. Again, we have seen those two perform in a final. If I said this on a previous episode of you killed it, they were running second, beating yeah. Johnny Bananas mm -hmm. and uh, Nani, mm -hmm. and they only were disqualified because of a fluke accident. Yeah, no, I mean I, I can't I can't really argue with that. They could have won. Can't it really all. argue with that. So yeah, the whole house is is up in arms trying to figure out who should be going in. Is it about the women as well? Doesn't really matter because in the deliberation, um, we have this, you know, it's different at this point because this is where everyone votes in the deliberation this time, which is a new twist and a twist that I like, I got to say. Um, but it ends up being Kieran. And as you said, you know, good old Asaf, challenging. He wants the biggest, baddest, smartest, all that fun stuff. But then all of a sudden it becomes about Emmanuel, which I thought was hilarious Mariah votes for Emmanuel and everyone thinks like she's got to be working with James, but we get no pushback there. No, like anything more there. And I found that very interesting. And again, if you have the numbers on the side of your, the house, why are you exposing and like not showing? There's no need for her to do that is what I'm saying. No. Right. Like we're not at a point where you need to show your cards at this stage of the game. So it's very strange what was going on also, in this in this voting process. If James, I sorry, you know what? I'm going to back up. Emmanuel, Emmanuel is the worst guy in the house. Like that's who you asked to go against, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if you're Mariah, there's no like unless people are voting for James, which they were not. Mm -hmm. Just keep your mouth shut. Yeah. And, and then go to, go to James and be like, listen, I'm into you, but I can't expose my game. Yeah. <laughs> right? For all. 
for sure, for sure. I, I want to so, say, sorry, we, we skipped over my line of the episode. I'm sorry. That's all right. I forgive you. Uh, Asaf, as he's burying himself, says, I want to go against the smartest. I want to go against the fastest. I want to go to the strong against the strongest. Kieran, let's do it. Come on, bro. And Kieran doesn't say anything, but his ex- the expression on his face is my line of the episode. <laughs> you know that gif of Antonio Banderas like biting his hand and like turning away from the computer? Yep. Kieran does something like that, only it's deeply disappointed <laughs> <laughs> that his yeah. song has just been like thinks that this is about like honor and having fun. And Kieran's like, you're potentially robbing me of $500,000, excuse me, $406,000. Like, why are you doing this? Like the look on Kieran's face to me was the line of the episode. Well, because Kieran is also smart. Kieran is one of the, I think he might be one of the smartest people in the house. You know why? Because he actually doesn't want to go into an elimination for no reason. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> which is the complete opposite of a bunch of these people that we've seen go into an elimination so far. Um, so yeah, he ends up voting for himself after, I mean, it's already stated that that's what's going down and we get to the arena and TJ in as only TJ does, right? TJ gives a legendary speech about, you know, this is everything is going to be chaotic. We're all here to be, a champion for the first time. Then he says, but to beat the best, you got to be the, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And then he says, come on out. And Jordan comes out. I got to be honest with you. I did not realize that Jordan, I didn't realize the resume that Jordan has is the resume that Jordan has nine seasons, six finals, four championships. That my friends is work. I didn't realize that's what Jordan's resume was. I also didn't realize he won the world championships, which I feel like should be a little something, something like that matters to me. Yeah. But also like, does like we need people to write in and tell us like, was the world championship season good or was it more of the elk of the CBS challenge seasons? That's what I want to know. So in my mind, Mm -hmm. traditionally I think of, Johnny Bananas, maybe CT as the greater, the greatest challenge competitor of all time. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm starting to think it's I think it's Jordan. Johnny is the the greatest competitor of all time, right? He's the face of the challenge for sure. But, but I would argue that Jordan Jordan over CT, we could have that debate. Right. Like, I don't know what CT statistics are, but Jordan doing all of that in nine seasons, that's a high hit rate. Johnny, you- though, Johnny's been on like 25 seasons, 20 seasons. <laughs> True. His but, win percentage is not Jordan's win percentage. But the difference still out of is, nine? the difference still is, and I'll come, I'll use a, an NBA comparison here. It's like Steph Curry coming into the league, it's a different league than it was. You know, like his rings, Steph Curry has three rings, right? But like his three rings aren't the same as other people's three rings to me because the league was different. And there's, you know, there was a cheat code where he had Kevin Durant on his team at one point. 
I'm just saying for Jordan, Jordan came into the challenge in a different era than the Johnny Bananas and CT early seasons. That's all I'm saying. Jordan came in in a way where, as you mentioned, the challenge was definitely a job at that point. So yeah. you're training to come in and just win, and you're a, a CrossFit champion, and that's where you're coming into this show, right? Like it's a different kind of ball game. I quick question for you. Um, how many hands does Johnny Bananas have? <laughs> Two. Listen, I don't want to define Jordan by his disability. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. This is not going to be the episode where I'm going to like say anything to detract Jordan at all. Cause like, I'm going to stop you right now. I know where you're going with this. And I'm telling you that I'm not going to say anything to detract Jordan because you just can't. This performance was a masterpiece. I would argue this is one of the best performances we've seen in an elimination. And Jordan already has like three of the best performances we've already seen in an, uh, I would in say an elimination. Off the top of my head, Jordan has... Three of the yeah, three of the best eliminations we've ever seen. When he beat Josh and tug, um, tug of war. When he beat uh what's that huge dude's name? The football player who's married to Jenna now. What? There's a football player married to Jenna? He he oh, did um yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach. Zach. When he beat Zach in a sledgehammering contest. Yep. And then who was it he beat in the like light bulb smashing contest? Ooh, I don't remember. I don't remember. I gotta we should look that up. But, but the other thing is you got the backpack, right? The backpack matters. That's still the best challenge elimination performance ever. And how did your man's Johnny Bananas do in that one? He lost he to lost. CT. But like, so this, is this, your this, point? Hold on, is your point? Does Johnny Bananas have one of the better? eliminations ever because i don't off the top of my head i don't remember one no this is my point jordan in terms of quality wins in eliminations jordan always puts on a master class like jordan's amazing i'll say this i'll say this again this is not going to be the episode. Like if there's an episode where I'm going to like put someone above Jordan, it's not going to be in this episode of you killed it because what I just watched from him and it was a reminder of some of his other performances, which is what I, where I think you're going with this, the way that we talk so much about what the challenge is in comparison to other reality shows, but also in comparison to what the competitors that are new don't understand about the show. And that is a game within the game. So they give you the rules, and this is what it is. But then Jordan figures out what the game really is, right? And the tug of war is probably the best example of this because it's a tug of war. You're sitting on a platform. You got to pull your opponent off, right? Like, that's what you think a tug of war is. And Jordan's like, no, that's not what this is. And also, like, I'm at a disadvantage, so I need to figure out and, and cheat the game. This performance, what he did was just a master class. And he would have, I don't know the person that would have beaten Jordan in this because they would, it would have taken them too long to figure out the game. And yeah. once they did figure out the game, he changed the game. <laughs> right. In the immortal words of Rowdy Roddy Piper, as soon as they think they've got the answers, I change the questions. 
And we should mention the bit here, which is another great bit. Two great bits. First off, Jordan comes out, and if he wins, he gets $10,000 just for showing up and winning one event, and he gets that money comes out of their purse, which is also amazing because it adds another strategic layer for the house guests because the house guests, the contestants, because they need to start thinking strategically now because before you'd be trying to throw in someone weak, cool, obviously, but now also you got to think we might want to send in someone strong because we don't want to lose money. Like what a great twist they came up with. This was so smart, so good. That's great. But then there's another twist to the game where they have the three poles and a soft thinks that it's him versus Jordan versus Kieran, but no, Jordan gets to pick the three poles. Each person's name is on one, like the two eliminated people, the two people sent in. So one says Asaf, one says Kieran, and the other says Chaos, which we don't know what that even means, which is great. And production is just great because, of course, I'm thinking of this from the standpoint of I'm here for the chaos and I'm rigging this at some point to make just the greatest episode of the challenge ever. Right. And the way that this all set up, it wasn't to get a soft out because having a soft come back in the house against Corey is going to be great drama. So clearly the move is to have Jordan go against Kieran after Kieran talks shit being like, yeah, I don't know who this Jordan guy is. Bravo. Slow clap by everyone involved in this because this was just a masterpiece of the challenge. A masterpiece. But again, a soft like buddy give your head a shake he is disappointed that he doesn't have his name drawn well he, he also wasn't listening is. he's like wait he what i don't get to play <laughs> he knows who jordan is and he's disappointed that he doesn't have to go against that threshing machine he doesn't get to get like he doesn't realize that not going against jordan means he's guaranteed to go back in the house and like get revenge on Corey. Like Asaf is like a golden retriever. You can only see what's in front of him. Like this is brutal. Yeah, it made no sense. It really made no sense. He was so stunned, which means he wasn't listening to TJ explaining everything and how the game's played. But also the realization that, yo, you have to go against Jordan, meaning your opportunity here was either go back to the house or go home. <laughs> right because you beating jordan wasn't in the cards like that wasn't gonna happen because i want to i want anyone listening to this right we've discussed a lot of things here that people can send in and comment but I, what i really want people to let us know is who they think could have actually beaten jordan in this because i don't think anyone could have because no but even if someone was thinking the game out as far as Jordan was and had like a better strategy, I don't think they're as fast or as quick as Jordan to actually execute it. Right. So let's, let's get to this. Let's get to this. Yeah. So, so it's called King of the Hills. Mm -hmm. And what happens is both competitors start. It's not clear if they have to be back to back or whatever, but they start in the middle of the arena and to either side, they have a ramp. And at the top of each ramp, there's four lights with buttons mm -hmm. and the buttons, the lights light up randomly and they have to race to smash the button first. Air quotes, randomly. Random, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Kieran, so 
he Jordan pulls it and it's Kieran, obviously. And as we mentioned, which I think this is this is great. So <laughs> right as we start off, right? The first to win two rounds, basically for a minute, the lights are gonna randomly go, as you mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. And whoever gets the most in the minute, you win that round, you win two rounds, cool, good. This is a and I wrote this down. This is dope. Straight agility should have put James in. But I say that because I also was tricked by this because this is not just straight agility. Jordan is being smart and not going for certain ones. So as the game starts, right, Kieran starts going. He goes up the left side, or I'll say blue and orange. He goes up to the blue side. Cool. You race up there. You lose. All right. Back down in the middle. Jordan realizes, okay, if I'm not going to get up the hill, I'm not going to exert energy running up the hill. So Kieran starts going, and he's he's doing well. He wins, wins the first round 6-3. Also great strategy by Jordan, realizing it's just the first round. Like, that doesn't matter at all. In that moment, I feel like that's when he figured out the game, right? And then this becomes about mind games because the next round starts – and he lets Kieran get the first two. And at first, when this is happening, I'm like, wait, what's he doing? Like, I, I didn't understand it. I genuinely was just super confused. So he spotted him too. Then he says, <laughs> he says to him, hey, I just spotted you too. Don't worry. Let's go. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, this man's a sicko. So, okay. Jordan in round two, he spotted him and then they start, he, after he spotted him, he just beats him up the, the hill. Like the first couple times bodies him a couple times. Right. And gets up there and he's like in his confessional, he's saying, yeah, people don't realize what this game is actually about. So he's already outsmarted him. Right. In terms of letting him get tired. Then he out physicals him by bodying him. <laughs> right. I'm like, yo. And then, he spotted him to nothing and then win seven, four. And what was most amazing about this, that second round, he destroyed Kieran mentally. Yeah. Kieran had nothing left mentally after that, the spotting two, and then just like winning it. Like you could see when they started, when they square for the third round, you could see that Kieran had no heart left in him. Like he yes. was done. He was, so- he was done. And so this is where Jordan does the smartest thing I've ever seen. Because the final the final round, right? In his confessional, Jordan says, this guy didn't win the Aussie series. What do you think he's going to do here? And I'm like, yo, my guy's here dropping bars? Like, there's no way he's dropping these kind of bars, coming in as a mercenary, and then losing. Right? So I'm like, wait, he's actually going to beat this guy? Like, at that moment, I was still kind of like, damn, like, he's going to dummy him. So Jordan makes him at this point, the strategy changed, right? Because we've already established what Jordan was doing was if he looked to the left and let's say it went to the right, he's just going to let him go and win that. And then you'd come back down to the middle. Jordan then realizes if I go first, right? And I win, I'm going to get to the top. But then he realized that Kieran started copying him and staying in the middle which you don't want to do because if it flips to the other side, you're going to lose. So Jordan strategically just stands there. And what he's doing is if he has like, he's going to hit the button, which is going to give him the lead. And if you're standing in the middle, 
all you're doing is just wasting time and you have no chance of winning. So Jordan just standing there killing the clock, which was so genius. And then finally you realize, okay, I guess I got to go up there because I want the game to continue. And Jordan just waits and waits and waits and waits and waits. And then as he comes close, boom, hits the button. And now it doesn't matter because he's ahead and there's only going to be five seconds left. And so he's up to games over. I just thought it was a masterpiece in terms of being first, wait, be in the middle. Don't waste your energy, trick him. Then let him think that, you know, all right, you have the game figured out, but I just checkmated you. It was just genius. Absolutely genius. Is I've never this? seen st strategy like that just outmaneuver someone that is, quickly. I think, I mean, obviously the Johnny Bananas backpack is the most dominant elimination win we've ever seen. Because it's a physical feat. Yeah. I yeah. Agree. But is this, this, this is the smartest one we've ever seen, right? I don't like... Listen, again, I'm not going to just put up something better than literally what I just saw. I want people to write in and tell us if there's something that comes to mind, but I don't really like off the top of my head, nothing comes close to what I've just seen. I've seen great performances, but in terms of just like outsmarting your opponent, like Josh, the other part with Josh, right? Was that Josh just isn't smart. And Josh is not very athletic. He's not a great competitor. This Kieran is a great athlete. Kieran is supposedly like really smart and he's a big strategist and all that. Also, there's a full group of people up top that also want Kieran to win. So they could be helping him as well. And they all couldn't figure it out to help him out. Cause how rare is that? We never have that scenario where the whole entire group up top, like everyone has a vested interest in one person winning and one person winning only. And they couldn't even help him. So that's where it's just like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know what the strategy would have been to beat him. It had to be, you need to get the first one and then do exactly what he did. But you can't do exactly what he did. Because it's already happened. <laughs> exactly. And he saved it till the third round. Like that. I don't know. A masterclass. And he I took their money. <laughs> and then there's one last thing we have to add on here. Jordan starts to give sort of a speech after winning. Oh. And then your man's Emmanuel. I know, I know he's your favorite, your number one gunner. Turns his back. The level of disrespect. It just hater. Just hateration, holleration in this dancery. That's what this was from your man's Emmanuel. Because here's the thing, okay? I understand that Jordan just took your money. I understand that he just eliminated someone from your alliance. But at a certain level of competition, sometimes you just got to respect the gangster, right? Game recognized game. You got to tip your cap to the performance that you just witnessed. And instead, it's not like he was gloating. It's not like Jordan was gloating. It's not like he was saying he was trying to tell people, hey, this is a challenge. Like you need to compete. Like you want to do this, blah, blah, blah. Like he was giving a good speech. It's not like he was talking shit. And then you turn your back and then it hit me. Wait a second. This has nothing to do with what just happened. 
this has everything to do with Tori. Mm-hmm. And I was like, even more lame. Even more lame. Oh, I wish I could go down against you. Really, bro? That's what you're going to say now? You weren't saying that to start it. You weren't saying that when he walked in and it's like, hey, this is who's doing the elimination. That would have been the time to walk down. If if your man's Emmanuel was that gangster, you know what he would have done when Jordan walked in? He would have pulled the Jordan. Yeah. And walked right down and said, I'm going in. When Jordan flipped over all the cases and went at Bananas. You know why? Even though Bananas beat him in that elimination, everyone respected Jordan for going in and trying to take the man out instead of just talking shit after the fact and being like, Oh, I wish I could have gone down against you. Emmanuel could get out of here. You know, Sorry, I'm fired up. No, I love it. I love it. Kicked in. You know, there's three kinds of people in this world. There's someone who sees a nice car and they say, Oh, I wish I had that nice car and they steal it. Then your second kind of person sees a nice car and like, oh, this is a nice car. Fuck this person. And they key the side of the car. And then the third kind of person sees the nice car and goes, I wonder how I could get a nice car. I wonder how this person got the nice car. Maybe I can learn from them. We know who Emmanuel is in this. He's not that third type. He's a loser. He's a loser. He's not. <laughs> I mean, I've been saying this all along. These people have never won for a reason. Listen, I don't know how you watch what Jordan just did and don't just respect what that was and, and think, I'm glad I didn't have to go against him. And and again, you know, when they're done shooting that scene, you might have a chance to speak to Jordan directly. Mm-hmm. Don't you want to like come over to him and be like, hey, man, what was your thought process? Like, that was incredible. How can I do what you just did? You know who I promise you had that conversation with Jordan? Horacio. Horacio. Mm -hmm. Because Jordan respects Horacio. Jordan shouted Horacio out when he arrived. And Horacio is a very respectful person and smart and would go, hey, how'd you do that? Like, what, like, what was the thinking there? And he would try to learn from Jordan. Right? Yeah. Like, that's that's how you become a champion. Agreed. Agreed. Incredible performance. Uh, I think I know the answer to this question. It's Jordan. Nobody other than Jordan can be the MVP of this episode. And he only came in at the very end, and it doesn't matter. He's the MVP of this episode. So there's there's only one contender in my mind. And that is... Raven? No, I mean, Raven had a good episode, but the, there is the possibility of awarding an LVP. Like that's the competition. Either you give Jordan the MVP or you give Corey the LVP. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Corey. With, with an honorable mention to Asaf. Well, if you're going between the two, it definitely has to be Corey because Corey's... <laughs> Corey's Alliance. Let's let's reel this back, okay? Corey is on the American Alliance, but he's cheating on the American Alliance with Asaf, who should be on the International Alliance, but Corey is secretly working with him. 
So then Corey wins the daily challenge and then turns on Asaf, who is also working with him on the American Alliance, but everyone thinks is in the International Alliance. So now both sides just look at him as untrustworthy because you just turned on your friend. Mm -hmm. And then you put him into the elimination and he doesn't even compete in the elimination. <laughs> and now he's back in the house. That's a tough go for Corey. But I think you see my point, right? Like, it, I'm not saying that there's another MVP candidate. It's definitely Jordan. The only thing that we could say is that there might be an LVP who is greater in magnitude than Jordan's MVP performance. We'll leave it to the people. Pretty rough. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Big shouts to the people liking and subscribing to the pod on Apple and Spotify and YouTube and all those other fun places. Really appreciate you guys. This is why we do the pod. You know, it's it's really fun hearing the people who are still into the show and like the show and who you rep, why you're repping them. And yeah, like when we fall behind, people are like, hey, glad you guys caught up. Like it's it's just a, a positive community that we have here. And I appreciate that because it's never like people aren't ever mad. And even if they say something like I said something stupid, which happens a lot, I never feel like people say, you know, like you're an idiot or you're a moron. Like it's always constructive. And I appreciate that. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at J Chidley Hill. That is correct. And until next week, this was You Killed It. Why was that so drawn out? What just happened? <laughs> you killed it.